0: Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to edition two of the one-on-one FPL podcast. Just two guys from down under who love their FPL. I'm joined again by my co-host Jamie aka FPL Cantada. How are you tonight Jamie?
1: Yeah I'm good Dibba. Very well. How good is it to have the Premier League back?
0: Yeah it was a long 10 or 11 weeks but yeah uh, well and truly back now with a with a bang, uh, some pretty good scores over the weekend from a few of our friends and colleagues. Uh, What about yourself from last week?
1: Yeah, I'm just happy that the Premier League's back. You know, my Saturday nights are sorted now. Wake up, watch all the mini-games, so got my uh, Sunday ritual going too, so uh, it's good to be back.
0: Okay, very good. Sounds like you've got a uh, cracking uh, social life there with Saturday nights completely dedicated to FPL, but... uh, Moving on to the wrap-up from last week, um, how'd you go overall?
1: Yeah, so I got the 78 points. I think it's a pretty decent start, um, 386,000 overall. So I- I'd take that all day, every week. Um, had a few plays that let me down, you know, just four blanks, but that's okay, nothing too major. So, yeah, we take that and move on. How did you go? Well, just
0: prior to that, I saw you made a last-minute move uh, just prior to uh, the deadline.
1: Yeah, so Friday night when I was trying to get last-minute information, I saw that uh, I read that uh, Pedisic wasn't wearing a bib in training, uh, but the team that was wearing a bib had uh, Kane and Son. So maybe I looked into that a bit too much. I decided not to risk it, so I went to Trippier at the last minute. And... um, it turned out the bib story was pretty accurate, so uh, I'm, I'm happy I made that change in the end. Where'd you get the
0: idea to get him?
1: Trippier, guy, oh, he's just a good player. Um, okay. don't, don't you take the credit? No, he's a good player. He, he, it was either him or Walker, um, and I just decided, you know, Newcastle's two opening fixtures are pretty tasty, so I'll jump on him for two weeks, uh, and I'll reassess after game week two. All right. Well,
0: yeah, score of 78 is pretty good to kick off, especially having that high rank uh, so early on. I ended up scoring 73 points, uh, so I'm only five points behind you, but 500,000 spots lower. But uh, yeah, overall, after week one, very, very happy. Um, For those that listened last week, we talked about the uh, template, which if you... Went with the template last week. You would have scored 74 points if you had Salah Captain, which is what most people did week one. So, yeah, overall, pretty happy with that starting score. And, yeah, now we just got to build now for game week two. So that will take us nicely into, I guess, a rundown of this week's fixtures. So we got Villa versus uh, Evident uh, to kick us off with the early kickoff. Um, what did you make of those teams on the weekend, Jamie?
1: Yeah, so the interesting one for me was how Aston Villa lined up. Um, Watkins wasn't in the starting 11. Ings was named up top. Watkins was the main man all last year. So that, that was a really big surprise off the bat. Um, Mings was sitting on the bench as, as well. Um, you know, he's the captain. Now they've given it to McGinn. Um, so I thought I thought that was rather interesting. I didn't see any news why Watkins or Mings uh, wouldn't start, Um, you know, and it just raises the question if Stevie G knows what his best team is. Um, So I've got question marks on Aston Villa now. After seeing that, I was very surprised. I thought they made some good recruitments over the summer, um, which would add to their team. You know, Coutinho looked pretty poor to me. Uh, Buendia was on the bench as well, who's Probably their most creative player. So from a Villa point of view, I've got a lot of question marks there, and um, you know, I was a little bit the same for Everton. They were unlucky to get two centre back injuries. Uh, you know, they they sat back against a strong Chelsea team. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not too interested in Everton. Uh, did you did you see anything different from me or?
0: Oh no, nah, pretty much what you just. It does make perfect sense. I think, look, Villa's probably got a little bit more upside than uh, probably Everton, but I guess uh, time will tell this week when they obviously kick off with the early kickoff. Now, the Saturday fixtures this week, I'll just run through them quickly. Uh, Arsenal-Leicester, Brighton host Newcastle, Man City versus Bournemouth, Southampton-Leeds, Wolves-Fulham, Brentford-Man United and Nottingham Forest-West Ham. Is there any... Is there any particular team there that, you know, stands out or any, anything that you learned, I guess, from last week's first games?
1: Well, if we have a look at Arsenal-Leicester to start with, um, you know, the main talking point probably there is uh, Jesus blanked. In my opinion, he looked good. He, he, had a, he had a half a chance. You know, he probably should have scored some points, but I'm not too worried about that. It was nice to see Martinelli uh pop up uh, and get some returns as well. Um my goalkeeper uh managed a clean sheet, which was which was really good to see. Uh the Arsenal defense as a whole looked pretty good. Saliba looked rock solid back there, and look, he's an option at 4.5. Um and then maybe I'll let you talk about Leicester because I think you've got a Leicester player, don't you?
0: Oh uh, Yeah, I might, I might have had a goalkeeper that I ended up selecting last minute. Well, he was my uh, long ball of the week, I think. But uh, yeah, look, for about 60 minutes there, everything was going great. I had a 4.0 goalie that was already on track for a six or seven pointer and finished with one. So, look, the punt for week one didn't work. But, again, he's only worth 4.0 Ward. So, it's not as if I'm paying five and a half or six for, you know, someone who's blanked in week one, uh, playing playing uh, in between the sticks. But, I mean, some of the other things that I noticed, I guess, on the weekend was obviously Brighton um, pulling apart Manchester United in that first half, probably the less we say about our. Beloved uh, Red Devils, the better. Um, Man City looked very uh, impressive. We'll touch on them a bit later. Leeds got off to a pretty good start. Everyone this year was probably a a little bit worried about Leeds, you know, losing uh, arguably their best player in uh, Rafinha. But, yeah, Leeds got away with a win. Fulham playing against Liverpool and scoring twice and and also leading twice is a big, big talking point. and then it'll be very interesting to see how a team like West Ham happens to bounce back this week against Nottingham Forest. As we know, they lost two uh, 0 to Man City last week, but Manchester City against or Manchester City compared to Nottingham Forest is a completely different ball game. So let's see if the likes of uh, Mikhail Antonio, Jared uh, Bowen, and a few others can um, get on the score sheet. And then obviously the last two games of the round, which is probably where a lot of our fantasy assets lie. Is Chelsea hosting Tottenham, and then Liverpool hosting Crystal Palace. So, did you make anything of those four teams on the weekend, Jamie?
1: Well, with uh, if if I start with Chelsea and Spurs, that's probably the game of the round. Uh, that's a huge game. You know, you'd expect these two teams to battle it out. You know, for 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 that third spot, third and fourth spot. Um, I thought that even though Spurs conceded early on, uh, they bounced back uh, really strongly and looked really good. Um, Kulusevsky was probably the, the main guy who who looked great. Uh, I think that um, Kane was a bit unlucky. Kane and Song were a bit unlucky. Um, so I think, I think yeah, I, I can't pick a winner for this week. Uh, we'll just see how this one plays out. It'll be interesting to see how how each team lines up. We probably know how Spurs will line up with that probably same team. Uh, Chelsea might need to find a way how to deal with Son uh, and Kane. Um, So, you know, there's talk that even James might be playing right centre-back to deal with Son's pace in behind. Um, So that might limit James for this week. Um, But but we'll wait and see. And then, um, you know, if we have a look at... Liverpool-Crystal Palace, you'd expect Liverpool to bounce back very strongly against Palace. Um, you know, that was a surprise result, drawing with Fulham 2-all. Uh, they didn't get going until the second half of that game. Uh, but in the second half, especially when Darwin came on, they looked good.
0: Yeah. Uh, I Pretty much mirror what you've said. I think, I think we'll learn a lot about Chelsea and Spurs um, after that game. Um, you know, where they're obviously both at. Both had wins round one, but, yeah, I think we'll learn a lot about where they're both at um, considering Chelsea did enough to win and Spurs, after, as you said, uh, being down 1-0, they, they then put four past Southampton. So, all right. Now, moving on, we'll just get on to, I guess, our villain of the week or spud of the week. So, I might kick it off. And I guess my villain of the week was The most uh, owned player in fantasy this week uh, in the whole game, which is um, Jesus. Now, while he was a villain, he was a villain because he did cost 8.0, but at the same time, he was bought for a block of seven or eight weeks. He wasn't bought for one week. So even though he did blank in round one and there was a few other forwards that did uh, get on the score sheet who were at a similar price point or slightly less, um, he's one that I'll still be sticking to. But, yeah, he was my villain of the week. What about yourself?
1: Well, I'll, I'll agree there that I won't be acting hastily even though he blanked this week. I think that he he had chances. Uh, he didn't take him. He's, he looked good in pre-season, so um, I can understand you you mentioning Jesus here. But my spud or villain of the week uh, is you. It's you, Dima. Um, I thought... I remember- I remember speaking to you on um, Friday afternoon and you said you brought in Mitrovic into your team. I couldn't believe it. Lucky I was sitting down. I almost fell over. Um, And then watching that Liverpool game um, and seeing him bob up with two goals, I don't think anyone saw that. I sent you a text message at 11.48pm and I asked you, did you keep Mitrovic? I got a reply at (laughs) 11.46am and you replied, you know the answer. (laughs) You took him out. Why did you do that? What happened?
0: Yeah, you know, it's the old, you stay up late just before, I guess, the deadline. Um, I just liked the fact of having Mitrovic in the team, you know, scoring 43 or 44 goals last year in just as many games. The only thing put me off was the fixture really in the end. I thought, Yeah, look, I actually do have the money to squeeze him in. I was going to move out uh, Neto and get uh, another 4.5 midfielder who actually scored, which was uh, De Silva. But, yeah, I just thought to myself, uh, I might just go with the extra sort of cover on the bench, which, look, it's only only game week one. Um, There's plenty of time to make up those points. But, yeah, when he scored the first goal, I thought, oh, geez, here we go. And then he scored the second goal via the penalty spot, and I just thought, oh, it's just you, one of those decisions. You're hoping you, you missed, would not you? I was hoping you missed, because if you <laughs> miss, you obviously lose, and then that might have sort of brought brought me back uh, to feeling alright about myself. But you know, it, that's the the nature of the beast. That's fantasy. We have to live and die by the uh, the choices that we make, and that was one that I. Got wrong at round one, but let's see see what that looks like in about four or five weeks' time. Yeah, that's Uh, right. Now, on to the eye test and who were the good and the bad for yourself. So let's start off with your good. And for those um, listeners out there who aren't aware, the eye test is obviously the players that we watched who passed the eye test, we like to say, which means that, that they performed really well. But at the same time, players can fail the eye test, which means... When we were watching them, they didn't quite live up to the standards that we'd hoped. So, Jamie, we might uh, go on to your... Who were the ones that passed the eye test?
1: Yeah, so I I might just focus on uh, the players that... or the teams that um, maybe aren't as well-known, people aren't really focusing on. Um, but, But I'll start with Arsenal. I will say that Jesus passed the eye test. I think he looked threatening... He was getting the ball. He had some chances. He's unlucky not to, to get a return. So that's positive. Um, from a Jesus owner, I was really impressed with Arsenal's defence. Um, I thought that Saliba was rock solid back there. I think I might have already mentioned that, but I was really impressed, especially at 4.5, because I remember last year I had Ben White right early on at 4.5 and he was injured, so he didn't actually play. So I took him out. And I could just never get him back in my side for the rest of the year. And it actually, it hurt. It stung. So Saliba could be the Ben White of last year. And he'll, I think he'll just tick over and rack up some decent points. Um, also, talking about Arsenal, I've got to talk about Ramsdale. He didn't have a lot to do. He got the clean sheet. Uh, but he made two uh, goal-saving saves. Um, he, didn't get, he didn't get any save points or bonus points. But he made two ripper saves. So I'm really happy uh, he was able to do that and he switched on early on. Um, I'll talk about Brighton as well. Why not? They break our hearts, but we just know that Brighton are a well-drilled team. Potter's got them playing. You know, even though they lost two of their main plays in Cucurella and Basuma, they just look like a well-drilled unit. Um, so, you know, Sanchez owners, I'd be pretty pleased seeing that. Uh, I was very impressed uh, over at Leicester with Drewsbury Hall at 5.0. He nearly made it into my team uh, instead of Bailey. You know, scored a, an absolute rip snorter um, for Leicester. Uh, and then they, they looked a bit ordinary after he went off. Uh, Aronson at 5.0 looked good too. Um, he almost had an assist, um, but, but they changed that. Um, and then I guess the main one for me and who I have – would have to be Reese James over at Chelsea. 17 crosses he made, uh, which is a lot, uh, especially for a right wing back. 17 crosses. They just need someone to, to get to the end of them. Uh, so very promising. What about you, Zimmer? Well, who passed the eye test for you? Yeah, so my ones are
0: probably a bit more uh, obvious, but I'll start with the real obvious one the big 6 foot 5 norwegian from man city haaland uh, good. yeah geez he's so he obviously scored from the spot scored a second goal but that that second goal where he's just put the foot down and just accelerated away from the opposition back four was super impressive i haven't seen that sort of acceleration away from a back four since a guy called cristiano ronaldo playing for uh Real Madrid, the way that he just accelerated away from that back four and slotted it uh, home nicely was super impressive. So he definitely passed the eye test. Uh, Darwin off the bench for Liverpool. Fortunate for the people that own Darwin that he came on because uh, Thiago actually got injured. So that kind of forced uh, Klopp's hand to make the change. And, yeah, when he did come on, he did change the whole game. Um, You know, but at at the same time, will he start again this week? But I guess from what we saw, definitely passed the eye test.
1: I agree. Uh, Look very good. In in the right positions there. Watch out. mm, Yep. And
0: uh, Kulisevsky was probably the pick of the Spurs attackers. I mean, Spurs have got so many weapons now going forward. They've got Kane, Son, Kulisevsky, and they've got whoever they've got playing at left wing back and right wing back. Uh, they've got five people who are just going to be getting into the box whenever they can. And he was the pick of the bunch, scored a ripping goal, got an assist, scored 13 points overall. So he's had a, he's had a really good start to the season. He was probably the pick of the 8.0 mids, but as we know, it is only round one. So still got plenty of uh, things to see. And this week against Chelsea, as I said before, I think we'll learn a lot about Both teams, but a lot about the way that Sun, Kane and Kulisevsky operate. Uh, The other goods, Mitrovic and Pereira. So pretty obvious to talk about Mitrovic because he scored the two goals. So we won't kind of go back over that. But Pereira looked very impressive as a number 10. So he only scored his two points for the game week, but he was actually the most the most advanced Fulham player when you look at the heat map out of any player that, that they have. So the fact that he was playing against the quality opposition team like Liverpool meant he wasn't going to get the opportunities that he was going to get against other teams. But, you know, this week they're playing Wolves. Anything could happen. And as we said last week on the uh, podcast, he's probably a 6.0 midfielder, maybe a 5.5 midfielder priced at 4.5. So he definitely passed the eye test. And the last He's and thing. For
1: my... He's a set and forget it... for the rest of the year, I think.
0: Yep. Spot on. And then the last part of, I guess, passing the eye test for me was Newcastle's defence was very solid. They only had an um, expected goals against of 0.1. So what that yeah. means is they were extremely stingy. They did not give up many chances at all. Um, they performed really well. Forrest never really got forward. And, you know, being a Trippier owner, I'm pretty happy to see that. Uh, but, you know, Newcastle do also have other assets that you might want on that back four, or even Pope is also an option at 5.0. So Newcastle definitely stood out when we're talking about the eye test. Now, what about the bad? Now, what we've got to keep in mind is that it's only game week one. So we can't jump to too many conclusions. But, Jamie, what were the players or teams that did not pass the eye test for you?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to sink the boot into anyone. It's only game week one, as you said. However, I'll I'll mention some ones that maybe people haven't thought about. um, But, you know, it could be something to think about when you're targeting these teams that I'm mentioning. So, for example... I'll start with Southampton. Uh, you know, Even though they were playing Spurs and they got an early goal, their defence looked really bad. Um, I just thought their defence looked shaky. Um, you know, they couldn't deal with the pressure. They've got a new goalkeeper. He's only young, on loan from Man City. Um, so we don't know how well he'll be able to stand up with the, with the pressure of the Premier League um and then also uh I'll mention Leicester's defense uh you know they've got they've got two cheap goalkeepers um you know that they, they might have a bit of a battle on their hands who will be number 1 uh the defense looked leaky um and the bad you know Liverpool didn't get going until the second half uh first half they looked way off it second half um, you know, they improved. But, you know, it's just a bit alarming, you know, that they couldn't they couldn't hit the ground running in that first half. Um, and then I already mentioned Aston Villa. I wasn't, wasn't impressed with how Stevie G lined them up. Um, what's your takeaways of, of the bad?
0: Yeah, so I might
1: start with the players and then I'll
0: get on to A team specifically. But I thought seeing Mara's benched, uh, for anyone that owns Mahrez, they were probably pretty distraught to see that they've sold Jesus, they've sold Sterling and their one and only right winger wasn't picked on the right wing to play round one. So you'd be, yeah, you wouldn't have been too happy with Pep. I mean, that is the risk that you run whenever you pick one of those Man City midfielders. That's not called uh, Kevin De Bruyne up. You've always got that risk of some sort of rotation. Maris might even start uh, this week. However, once again, it's, no one knows what who Pep's going to choose until the Man City team sheet's announced. So I'd be worried if you were owning Mahrez. Kane and Son. So not so much that they didn't pass the eye test because they both played well, but just that Kane was sort of getting himself up the pitch a bit more and then feeding the wing backs Son, um, a little bit more than I guess probably what he had done last year. Now, for Spurs to kick four goals... And Kane and Son to get one return between them it was very uh, surprising. Uh, you know, as we know in the last last season, the the highest uh, combination for assist and goal was Son and Kane. So to see them not be around the points, I think for anyone that owns either of them, the, it's still worth sticking with them. But yeah, geez, they were very very unlucky now. The bad, and there's, we could probably talk about this for five hours, the way that they played, but where do you start with Manchester United?
1: Yeah, how long have you got?
0: Yeah, exactly. They um, they just look like a team that, after a promising pre-season, but as we know, you can never go on the pre-season form. Um, but when you just look at the team, just looked disjointed. They were losing the ball in the middle of the park. Uh, The back four didn't click. Rashford missed two or three chances that I reckon you might not see on a Sunday afternoon game here in Melbourne. Um, It was just one of those frustrating games. And, you know, they started on the bench with Cristiano Ronaldo, which I think is fair enough after what's happened over preseason. But until he came on, they didn't look like firing a shot. And when he did come on, they actually looked like a better team. Now, Is he the solution for Manchester United long-term? No, he's not. But it just gave him, I guess, a bit of a target to aim for. But at the same time, from a fantasy perspective, I'm glad we have both stayed away from Man United. I think we said last week we wanted to give them a three- or four-week block and see see sort of where they all fit in. Um, I can't think of anything positive to say about the way they played other than maybe Christian Eriksen looked okay at six-and-a-half. But other than that, there's probably nothing else that you'd want to... You wouldn't want to go near them at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think um, I agree with everything you said. I think it was a, a reality check for Ten Hag um, coming into the Premier League. Um, you know, we'll need 20 Ten Hugs, uh to save United, but it's the same old story. Uh, the midfield didn't work. There was just no connection from the back line up to the forwards. Second half, we saw Ericsson, you know, go from a false nine, um, you know, dropping deeper. And that's when we started moving the ball around a bit better and started actually passing and playing with tempo. Sancho Sancho couldn't beat his man. He looked out of sorts, same as Rashford. Um, so it's just a, a wait and see with Man United. Hopefully, hopefully, Ten Hag can make a couple of signings and get the team playing. Uh, how he wants them to play but I think it will take new signings to to turn that team around
0: yeah so I think in summary and I think it's how most people are thinking uh stay away from Manchester United fantasy assets for the time being now onto the weekly poll so we put out a poll on Twitter earlier this week um which yeah the results were quite surprising actually so um considering game week one form and the coming fixtures, which 8.0 midfielder would you want to own right now? So I guess the choices were Saka, Diaz, Foden, and Kulisevsky. Now, we didn't mention Mount Mares and Madison, so we only wanted to just put the top four there, but the results were Foden with um, 11%, Diaz with 16%, Saka with 21%, and Kulisevsky with 52%. So She's form has definitely played a part in those uh, particular choices because pre-season the most owned player out of the four of them quite clearly was uh, Diaz from Liverpool and he's third on this poll. So, what did you make of the poll, Jamie?
1: I'm 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 surprised Kulusevski's got half the votes, but I'm not surprised at the same time because of recency bias. Um you know Saka I thought would get more of the votes he he I thought he had a good game you know he was involved um but I guess at the same time you know if you if you have a look at the city A. o's vote and Amara's, um you just don't know who's going to start um so I think I think a lot of people are, are worried about Pep Roulette there as well
0: and I mean when we look at Liverpool um Diaz scored a goal that was ruled offside. He also had another shot that uh, hit the post. So he wasn't far away from the points. So I think maybe the 16% low figure in this particular poll might be around a people potentially looking at a Liverpool striker, potentially, instead of the midfielder in Diaz. Maybe they're looking at the Darwin transfer in. I know they would have to move money around, but I don't think he was too far away, Diaz. I think all four of those... Uh, potential options are all very viable when you do look at the fixtures. Man City's fixture this week is, you know, Bournemouth at home. So you would expect them to score goals. But yeah, it was just very, very interesting to hear what the, I guess, uh, the listeners thought as far as uh, Kulosevsky versus the others. But not a bad segue there to get into the stats of the game week. So I'll just kick off. But uh, Madison from Leicester City who's another 8.0 midfielder, had the most, most shots of the round and the most chances created of any player. So, had six shots. Now, granted, he, he actually likes taking his shots from quite far out. He doesn't mind a little pot shot from 20, 30 yards. But he had six shots and he created five chances last week in their 2-2 draw. So, um, the next stat, Harland had five shots and they were all in the box. So to me, that means City looked for him, but at the same time, he knew where to run. He knew where to be, and he was popping up in the right spots. I think he had a header that he just flicked over the bar as well. He had another cross that came in from the right wing that just went over his head. So he looked very, very lively. Uh, Now, Salah has played Crystal Palace 10 times in his career and has returned seven goals and six assists. So 13 attacking returns in 10 games. So I think we'll probably leave that for when we get onto the best uh, captain choice of the week. But, you know, that 13 will returns...
1: That will come in important for the captaincy.
0: Yeah, very much so. I didn't know uh, that. I
1: didn't know that. He's got a good record against him. That's interesting.
0: And did you have any stats this week, Jamie?
1: No, oh, just my James, my Reece James. Uh, the 17 crosses in game week one. I can't look past that. So I was very impressed to see him do that. All right. Now for the next
0: segment, uh, Jamie and myself will essentially just give a quick summary on certain players. It's called buy, hold, sell, or wait. So whether we buy them, hold them, sell them, or if we don't own them, would we wait to buy them? So, Jamie, we'll just kick off now.
1: Diaz from Liverpool. If you have him, hold him. If you don't, wait and see. Uh, Darwin looked really good, as you mentioned. We know Jotter will come back in a few weeks. Um, it's just let's wait and see how this new Liverpool front free work together.
0: Okay. Robertson.
1: Liverpool as well, obviously. Oh, hold. Robo is a, a big hold for me.
0: For me, he's a hold until because being at that price point of 7.0 and having plenty of four-and-a-half and and five defenders, you know, you've got your Salibas, you've got your Walkers, you've got your Cucurella once he's nailed a Chelsea, you know, to be able to free up two to two-and-a-half million to then put it into someone like a Darwin or if you want to get to Mitrovic or whoever it may be. So, for me, he's a hold, but I think he's one of maybe the back five that may be on the chopping block. But I guess let's see how he goes this week. He's only one game away from scoring a 12-pointer or something like that. He, all he needs to do is just get forward in the box and bob up for an assist. It's Neto a good
1: point. Is. It's a good point about Robbo, just because two years ago, he, him and TAA had a really slow start, and I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for them to do something and turn around, and it never happened until later on. So, um, but, but still a hold for me. Let's just hope it's not the same as two years ago. And Neto, uh, that's a hold. Um, You know, well, you know, good price, five and a half. He has a good fixture this week against Fulham. Um, I'll talk about Neto a little bit when I reveal my team, but um, that's a hold for me. And you?
0: Yeah, no, look, for me, he's a hold. Um, Having said that, he might not be a hold next week. They've got uh, Spurs away next week and then Newcastle the following week. So, for me, he's a hold this week, but... Not sure whether he'll be a hold next week. So we'll see how that goes. I think we've already touched on the next guy. Uh, Jesus, you would also be in the position to hold him? Hold. Easy. Rashford?
1: Don't go anywhere near him. (laughs) I I, sell him. If you have him, sell him. Uh, Don't even wait to buy him. Get him off the watch list.
0: Yeah, I I think with someone like Rashford, at at that price point of six and a half, if you don't own... Martinelli, who quite clearly at 6.0 is really good value. I think he might have gone up to 6.1, but really, really strong value. And then there there are – we're starting to see a few of those five to five-and-a-half midfielders as well now pop up. So, yeah, if you you do have Rashford, might be be looking to reassess that six-and-a-half spot in the midfield.
1: And I put it this way, would you rather spend six-and-a-half on Rashford or Mitrovic?
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yep, you'd go Mitrovic all day.
0: Perisic? Now I'll try to I'll try to pronounce it as well as
1: you, but Petesic. Petesic. If you have him, hold. I probably or wouldn't start him this week. I'm not sure if he will start, but we. If you if you got him in game week one, he's a long term pick. I would be holding him. Um, if you don't have him, I wouldn't be buying him this week. But certainly game week three, I'd be keeping an eye on him. He, he's on my watch list. He's probably number one on my watch list. Yeah, well, Spurs
0: this week are playing Chelsea. But after this week, Spurs' fixture does actually open up. So so if you've got him, as you said, for me, it's a hold. But if you don't have him, you might be looking at him next week. Now, what about Kane?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. If If you had him game week one most people were going to Haaland game week two. If you haven't gone to Haaland now, you've probably been priced out of it. You might have to hold him. I wouldn't take a minus four to get rid of Kane uh, to go to Haaland. Uh, if you have him, I would just hold him. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider him um, when you've got the likes of Haaland um, and they're good fixtures.
0: Yep, No. spot on. I mean... We saw not too long after the Man City game, Kane's price went down, Harlan's went up, which priced out a lot of people to make that sideways move from one to the other. I think with Kane that if you haven't made the move, you're going to have to just wear it and move on with it because, as we said, from next week onwards, Spurs' fixtures are really, really fortunate. So you would not want to not have Kane, especially it would be the worst thing if you had him for week one, sold him week two. And then in week three and four and five, he obviously scored and um, produced the goods. Now, the last one on the watch list segment is Madison.
1: Wait and see. Uh, Leicester don't have the best fixtures. Even though his stats spoke for, the, for themselves, I would just still wait and see.
0: Yep. Yeah, so I'm in a similar boat, obviously. This week, a tough fixture away uh, to Arsenal. Next week, Southampton at home is a very tasty fixture. But then they got Chelsea away, Man United the following week, which based on current form, isn't a too hard a game. But then after that, it does actually open up. Brighton, Aston Villa, Tottenham, but then Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Leeds, Wolves. So you could argue, you know, seven out of eight game weeks there, he'd be one of the first players picked on your team sheet if he was in your squad. So... For me, he's a weight, but definitely one that I want to watch and I will be watching very, very closely, especially with his six shots last week. So definitely one to watch on the watch list there. Now, onto the long ball of the week. So last week, both of our long balls didn't seem to work. You went uh, Bailey. You were pretty sort of bullish on him from Aston Villa and I went starting warding goals, which was good for 60-odd minutes. Um, what's your long ball of, of the week this week, Jamie?
1: I'm going to say the Leeds attack. Bamford, Rodrigo, Harrison, Aronson, uh, they're playing a poor Southampton defence. Uh, Leeds, uh, they're still playing attacking football. Uh, under the new manager, they they want to attack games. Bamford looked on it. Rodrigo looked on it. This new signing, Aronson, looked really good. So let the Leeds attacked him, huh?
0: Eh? Okay. Well,
1: my long ball
0: is and I'm saying it with a bit of sort of hesitancy, but it's hence why it's a long ball. Back your Aston Villa attackers this week. So I'm going to actually back them to reverse their form from last week when they didn't really fire a shot. Um, Yeah, I've just got, I don't know, I've just got this feeling, you know, it's their first actual match at home this week. They're playing against Everton, who we know are missing two of their centre-backs. Now, they have actually just signed... Connor Cody from Wolves on loan for the rest of the season. So that will only strengthen him. But has he had time to integrate with the team? I'm going to back. He hasn't. Now, one other interesting stat as well. In this same game last year when Villa did host Everton, Bailey came off the bench for 20 minutes and scored a goal and got an assist. So a little 20-minute cameo. So I'm hoping that he does something similar this week. Although I've heard today that there's a bit of a rumour that he might not be starting. So let's just see what happens in between now and all the information that we're going to get between now and the Saturday deadline. But my long ball is to back the Aston Villa forwards this week. And if they don't produce this week, we might have to just put a line through them for the time being. All right. Now, best captain choice. So last week, we went with the try and try again of Muhammad Salah, game week one, always delivers, and true to form, he did last week. Scored 12 points and did not play well at all, but still managed to score 12 points.
1: That's what he does. He he just he gets the points, doesn't he? He's a point magnet, so he rewarded us. It's great. He did,
0: and that, that now takes us to the game week two best captain choice, so... For me, it's probably down to three players looking at the fixtures. It's probably down to Harlan, Kevin De Bruyne or Mohamed Salah. Any thoughts, Jamie?
1: Yeah, for me, it's down to two. I'll refine your three down to two, Harlan versus Salah. We knew it would be a battle of the heavyweights here and we're having, we're having the rematch in game week two. Now, I'll just read you out some of the stats on Harlan, Okay. He played 77 minutes, he had five shots, he had five shots in the box, he had two shots on target, four big chances, two goals, 13 FPL points, okay, now I have had a look at the percentages of Haaland versus Sala for goals scored, now this is interesting, okay, so the odds of Haaland scoring one goal, 75% to Salah's 58. The odds of Haaland scoring two goals, 43% to Salah's 25%. The odds of a hat-trick for Haaland, 20% to Salah's 8%. So, you know, the, uh, the bettors have Haaland's strong, strong favourite to score the most goals, uh, but but at the same time, we can't forget that Salah. He gets he gets more he get he can get more points than Haaland. So Salah can get an extra point for when he scores a goal, and he can get one point extra for a clean sheet. Um, I think that Salah also will get more minutes against Harland. Um, Haaland might be taken off and, and managed a little bit if they if they're winning strongly. Um, So that's something to consider. But at the end of the day, I'm backing Harlan Dimmer.
0: Okay. So when we do talk about Salah, we mentioned before against Crystal Palace, seven goals, six assists in 10 games. Now, another stat, but I'm not really going to use this stat in my train of thought, is we talked Salah up last week that he always performs in game week one. A stat that I ran across earlier this week is Salah has never scored a goal in the second week of the season, which I find to be absolutely astonishing considering in the first week of every year he's always scoring one or two or even three as he did last year. So I didn't
1: know that. I didn't know that, Dima.
0: Mm, so make of it what you will. Um, I, won't be t- I, w- I won't be factoring that into any decisions I make for the best uh, captain this week, I still think that the two highest scoring players of the round will be Harlan and Salah, but I think, not that you've obviously convinced me, but I think Harlan probably does get the nod, considering they're playing a weakish team at home. He's the main man. He's got Grealish, De Bruyne, Mahrez, Foden, Rodri, Walker. They're Um, he's the main man. They're going to feed him. He scored every goal of Man City's this year, even though it's only one game week. I'll be having my captaincy armband on him for the week. Now, which then takes me to the next segment, Take It to the Bank. Last week, the Take It to the Bank was Harlan will outscore Kane by the end of round two. So I'm feeling pretty confident about that right now. Um, considering he's already ahead of him by 11 points. Um, This week, it's going to be Harlan to get on the score sheet again. I'm even going to go and say twice. But the only... I guess I'm erring on the side of caution to say a hat-trick or twice because he was subbed off last week in the 77th minute to obviously preserve him. So if City are 3 or 4 nil up and he's got one, they may even pull him off. So... Um, that's my take it to the bank for the week. On to the transfers this week, Jamie, just before we announce our team reveals for the week. Any thoughts on your transfer for this week?
1: Yeah, so game week, game week one going into game week two is probably the most boring week throughout the year I'll be rolling. So I'm going into game week three with two transfers.
0: Okay, well, I'm doing the same pending any last-minute information, injuries, etc. I've still got my one million in the bank. So next week, if there's the two free transfers uh, plus the million in the bank, I should be able to hopefully manoeuvre my side to bring in that one extra asset that I think is going to yield me some points. So my side for this week will be Sanchez, Trent, Cancelo, James, Trippier, and Robertson. Salah, Bailey, Martinelli in the midfield. Harland, captain. Jesus, the other striker with on the bench, uh,
1: Pereira, Neto, Archer
0: and Ward, who's been relegated to the bench for this week.
1: Yeah, I'll, my team's not too different from yours, Dima. Uh, in goals, I'll have Ramsdale. I'll have Trent Alexander-Arnold. Cancelo, Robbo, James and Trippier in the back line. No real surprises there. I'll have Salah, Martinelli. And I've gone Neto so far uh, in the midfield against Fulham uh, with Jesus and Haaland up top with the captaincy on Haaland. However, I have to say that it's a real 50-50 between Neto, Bailey, and Pereira, who will get that starting spot uh, in the midfield? Um, Wouldn't that be three point three if there's three? Sorry, yeah, thirty-three. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get the, I'll flip the coin out for all of them, and we'll see who wins. Um, I'll just have to have a read because I did, I did hear that Bailey might be benched this week. Now I don't know if it's got legs, but I'll try and uh, look into that one. Uh, I'd love for him to start and attack that Everton defence, um, but he's sitting on the bench now because um, of that rumor.
0: Yeah, that's why. Yeah, look, I'm still not, I guess, married to the idea of having uh, Bailey over Neto. I think it's going to come down to when, I guess, the press conferences are, and yeah, we'll just we'll work it from there. Now, our first question of the year comes from Game Plan Oz on Twitter, asking rather than wait for a double game week where Pep might employ rotations. What are your thoughts on Harlan triple captain this week?
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, you've got to be a bit gutsy to do it in game week two. Uh, but when I think about it, um, Harlan's the opt- obvious captain for me this week. He's got a nice fixture, uh, so you would really want to target that. That's in your favour. Look, you might want to even get the, the chip out early. Sometimes having triple captain can add a bit of pressure. Uh, you wait for double game weeks often to find players don't play twice in the double game week anyway. Um, but I would still say to wait for a double game week. Statistically, you just do better uh, doing that. So I would say just just cool your jets a little bit, game plan, Oz, and wait.
0: Well, I think l- last year we waited, or most of the – Twitter World waited, and Salah had a very tasty double game week, and I think he scored a combined total of 27 points times three. So, yes, uh, but at, at the same time, um, if, you know, if you're know if you in your sort of mini leagues and you wanted to be the uh, pace setter, this is probably the week to do it if you're wanting to take that gamble, but just know that, you know, 95% of the other managers out there have still got that chip up their sleeve. So, you know, Harlan would really need to return for that to be worth it. Um, So for anyone next week, if anyone wants to ask another question, obviously you can find us on our Twitter handles uh, at uh, FPL Dimmer at FPL Canton R7. Um, Jamie, anything else that you'd like to add just before we wrap up?
1: No, I think we've covered it pretty well. Uh, I hope everyone just gets the green arrows going into game week two. Thanks for joining us again.
0: No worries, Jamie. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, For all our listeners, if you could just please uh, rate our podcast, hopefully a high rating. We'll see how that goes. But, yes, if you're all uh, listening to our podcast on whatever carrier, if you could just please provide us with a rating. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Everyone, good luck and good luck chasing those green arrows.